I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, hello. Oh, sorry, we're not allowed to sing that anymore. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. Today we'll be chatting over all the latings going on in and around the club. My name's Colin McDuff and as ever I'm joined by the wonderful Mr Scott Hodge. Hi Colin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Also joining us is Craig McAdam. Afternoon lads. And last but not least, Ian McCready. Evening all. So, we'll go straight into it. There's, there's been quite a few big news stories, other kind of headlines, if you like, over the last few weeks. But, Scott, kick us off with the biggest news that's came in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so, John McLaughlin signing. I think it's a good signing for it. Decent backup. Um, I think he was one of Hearts' best players when he was there, so... I could say he'd be, he could be third best keeper in the, in the league and we're very fortunate to have him as a backup. I think um, in terms of this might be McGregor's last season, we're going to have you need, if, we're, if we are wanting to nurture Robbie McCrory into a first team regular, we're going to need somebody with a bit of experience as well. So I think he, he fits the bill, but fits the bill uh, for Rangers, allows... Ross McCro- eh, sorry, Robbie McCroy to go out and loan for another season. I think that will be the plan. Uh, so yeah, really positive. I was actually watching the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, and I said to you, he's a he's a cracking keeper, and um, so I think he's a he's a tremendous sign, and I'd be very comfortable when when he comes in for McGregor. So just what you touched on there, the last two years at Sunderland, he's got 70, 70 80 games for Sunderland. Probably, he probably could have been playing in the championship. To be fair, thirty-two years old is is this a better backup option for for McGregor than Wes Fordham? It's a tough one. I, I liked Wes. I thought he was thought he was solid. 
done his job, done his job well, but to be honest, a good good argument to have. I I, I think John McLaughlin is a better option than Ford personally, but I did like Ford. Craig, so what's your thoughts on McLaughlin's position? The way Stephen Gerrard's been speaking about him, he's described him as a different style of keeper and will provide a different challenge to Alan McGregor. Is he going to comfortably be the backup or do you think he can realistically challenge Alan McGregor? He'll be the backup, um, but he'll, he'll, he'll get a chance in the cup games and that sort of thing. Keeping in mind, McGregor's now what, 38 or something like that, so even giving them the cup games just to rest McGregor and keep him going, see if we can get another season out of him as well. Um, but McLaughlin, I'm happy with that signing. It reminds me a bit of the Neil Alexander signing. Just a solid, dependable goalkeeper. Obviously done really well at Hearts and Sunderland. You'd imagine he's on less wages in Wes as well. Um, quite a different keeper from Wes. He was obviously... Wes was comfortable getting the ball at his feet. We weren't always comfortable watching him do it because that was a few <laughs> moments. But um, aye, Wes was probably more the sort of modern keeper that would play out in the back, whereas McLaughlin will just be a solid shot stopper and dependable goalkeeper. So I'm, I'm happy with that one. Uh, I'm delighted with this signing. You know, it's... At the very least, even if he is a backup for McGregor, McGregor is going to have to work for it and stay top of his game. And I think if any signing comes in and from the bench can improve the first 11 and their performances, that's always a bonus. Ian, is this the right move for Robbie McCrory? Nothing's been confirmed yet, but we can only presume that he'll be going back out in London. I think so. I think it will benefit McCrory more to be playing rather than sitting on the bench because I just that match experience. Uh, although it's not going to match what what type of experience he'd face as the Rangers goalkeeper, just to get that match experience because we've seen we've seen it with McGregor. He was like Dunfermline and was it Queen of the South he was at as well, I think. And the the, the loan experience has done him really well. Uh, so I, I definitely think getting McCrory back out rather than sitting him on the bench is is the best move for him. Hope, but it has to be a Premiership club. Uh, I think if he goes back to Livingston, that would be a good move for him. Would you like to see him like in English Championship League One as well? What would you prefer? I think would be our. If there was a team's interested, I'd, I'd look to ship him maybe down south. If, see if we could get a team that would replicate what it would be like to be the Rangers goalkeeper that would be ideal but where do you find that? That's actually that's an interesting point because McGregor uh, no no McGregor sorry Gerard said about McLaughlin they had that big team mentality of Sunderland like they're expected to win every game so I don't know a club like Sunderland would probably be good for his development as well because playing on big crowd high expectations expecting to win the league at Sunderland as well could be good. I get the arguments for that, mimicking the the pressure and stuff that that that'll come along with being the Rangers goalkeeper. But for me, I I much prefer the idea of him getting shipped out to a team where he'll be under constant pressure on the pitch to actually save the goals. I'd rather we look at him just developing his talent and his ability first and. If he's the right mould and the right person, has the right characteristics, he'll, he will 
he will get used to the pressure. He'll have to. So I think that's where that's that's what McGregor done. He went to the Lisa Dunfermline. when um, no never really went out and went to a, a big club, but went out went out to get game time and get difficult game time where he was under constant pressure. But I, me personally, I'd I'd like to see him back at Livingston again there, Ian. Uh, Craig, John McLaughlin's not the first signing of this eternal winter, not not winter, eternal summer transfer window that's gone on. Talk us through your thoughts on Calvin Bassey. Uh, so I'd say with the players that have left so far, uh, we still need to obviously enhance the, the first 11 in the squad, but the only sort of two gaps that we had um, with Wes going was we had to get a goalkeeper in, and with Halliday and Flanagan going, we had to get a, a left back in. So hopefully Calvin Bassey will be a, a dependable choice in there. Um, obviously, we've not really seen much about him, uh, but the reports seem quite good. So I was watching an interview in Rangers TV with Defoe, and he was talking well of him, said that he's seen him a few times. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'd imagine he'll be coming in to training next week at some point, probably. Um, I think his Leicester contract only finishes at the end of June, so that's when he'll be, be coming up. We definitely need to get into the position that a player like Barisic, so Darcy will be coming in the second choice to begin with and he'll be challenging him, but the model that Rangers need to be doing is getting Barisic sold in a year or two, getting good money in for that, and then you get Darcy ready to move into that slot. And then you can bring in somebody else behind Bassey and hopefully that's where it builds and there's just that constant um, succession plan in place. So Bassey will be an interesting one. As I say, the reports seem good, but it'll be good to get to see him soon. Scott, Craig touched on the, the kind of model that Rangers should be going for in terms of bringing in players on the cheap and trying to sell them at a profit. It's just, a, just the reality of where the club's at. Calvin Bassey, he's young, he's raw, he's, despite that, he is built like an absolute shithouse, he looks terrifying, but, by the by, is, I get that we need to be working towards this model where we, we're selling players on for profit, but would you, do we need to balance this out with getting, getting quality in as well? Yeah, I think so, I think so, I think, um, I think that that's in general that Celtic have a similar. We want to look at the Van Dyke. They buy him for relatively cheap and then they sell him to the Premier League. And I'd assume a player like Barisic is going to be, be the same. I know there's some interest already. It's good we've got that. He signed a new contract recently, which is also really positive. But I think, yeah, I, I don't. Do you think he's, he's signing as a, a, a backup to Barisic or do you think we're, we're going to get somebody else in? Me personally, I think I like to think um, just from the way the player and Gerard has been speaking in the press conferences, and I know that I'll only say too much, but there's a there's a, a bit of a confidence that he's coming in as a first team player, uh, like well the first team squad, and he is looking to challenge. Barisic, what I found interesting, they spoke a bit about him being able to play left back or centre-back as well. Ian, is this maybe finally an option or a possibility going to a back three? Was this something I'd thought about? I, I, I had thought that it would be a backup for Barisic. We already have the four centre-halves. 
So if, if we brought Bassi in as a centre-half, then I'd expect one of them to be going out. Um, and you can't really, like... You can't really see any of them going, to be honest. I don't think he wants to sell Goldson, who's his favourite. We've only just brought in Herlander in the winter. Um, oh, sorry. Or whenever we brought him in. So I don't think he's going to be looking to sell MD. And Kathich is, I think, potentially our best centre-back. And we've not seen enough of Edmondson yet. But I thought Bassey would come in as a left-back. Uh, left the potential to go three at the back. I thought that was always there before. I thought the two, the two fullbacks or we have already probably suit a three at the back or a, like a three-five-two. Whereas you have the okay, they're, they're still defenders, but they're they're very forward-thinking defenders. Um, so it'd be interesting. It might it might be an option. Uh, so I think that I. We need to just wait and see. I just came in my head there when I was saying Bassi looks terrifying. So does Katic. Have you seen the the Katic pictures? He's shaved his head again and he's got a fucking all his back muscles. I don't even know you can get that amount of muscles in your back. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what a centre-half should look like. Just like <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll finally be given the, the Dado Pusho mental creation headband. Maybe he'll earn that this year. So, Ian, just sticking with you, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on transfer speculation because the club pretty much just announced stuff out of the blue, which is great. It means there's no leaks, but there's been a bit of chat around Lyndon Dykes the last couple of weeks. Thought it was worth mentioning. What's your thoughts on that possibility? He's done well in, 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 in Scottish football. I think he would give us another option if we did bring him in. Uh, I think he would give us a more similar type of striker to Morelos. I think there's not that much difference in him and Defoe, uh, Morelos and Dykes than there is between Morelos and Defoe. The ball never sticks with Defoe, whereas if you had Dykes, the ball would stick. He's, we've seen it against us, we've seen it against Celtic. He's an absolute handful. The def- like, no matter what the defender the size of the defender, he's he's a he's a handful for any defender. And, and I looked up some of his stats. It was quite late coming to uh, professional football. Um, although the man in Queen of the South are probably part time, so he was he was in his twenties when he signed for them. And then he got his move to Livingston uh, in January nineteen, but they loaned him back. And then. He's actually, in 33 games this season, he's got 12 goals, but he's also got 10 assists. So that's a 22-goal return in 33 games, which is it's a pretty a good goal. Ratio. Decent ratio. I, I didn't realise he had that many assists. And if you go even back to his Queen of the South days, he was playing with, with Dobby up front, who scored for fun, as we know. And he, he only scored 23 goals in 136 games there, but he also had 34 assists. So he's obviously... Chips in with a lot of assists. He's obviously good at bringing other players into the game around him. So I think he's, he, he would give us that maybe that more similar striker to Morelos. So I don't think we'd have that same drop off in, in style that Defoe causes. I think it, it might be a, a better option than Defoe. Because um, he's, he's, 
he's he's done well at Livingston, and and that's the level he's going to be playing at. I think I think Morelos is always going to play in Europe, but when it comes to playing against Hamilton and Smirin, he could definitely do a job. Craig, just while we're on Defoe, I'll be honest. I I hope I'm proved wrong, but I think Defoe's done. I I don't have any great confidence in him. Him having a massive impact next year. Uh, are you in a position to to ease my worries or tell me I'm wrong? I think I'm sure I've mentioned it before. Part of the problem with Defoe is he plays when Morelos isn't playing, but then we don't change the way that the team plays. So what Ian was mentioning there about Dykes would come in and you wouldn't have to adapt the whole team so much. But like, and as he was saying as well, with the I'm sure uh, Doby scored forty odd goals. Was it two seasons ago playing up front with Dykes? So maybe it's the four and Dykes would be a decent partnership, getting two up front. Um, it's probably a bit different because I don't think Gerrard's actually played two up top, apart from. Uh, in fact, I can't even think any times he's done that. Lafferty. Just one up. Lafferty came, he played him once. Lafferty yeah. came, uh, I was thinking, I remember we beat away to Livy, Lafferty was kind up front, but he was more off the left as well, so it was, he did give it a go, but Morelis is a lone striker. Um, so you would never see Dykes playing with Morelis, I don't think, unless it was panic stations in the last 20 minutes of a game. Uh, but, but I think playing Defoe with another striker would, would improve him. Um, but I'd still be hoping for, in my head, I want Defoe to be the third-choice striker and somebody else should be coming in. And if you're signing a player like Dykes or if you're getting Kimberry back in, they would be the fourth-choice striker for me. Um, but if we're only going to play one up front, we probably don't really need four strikers. So Defoe is... is He's still fit, he's still a goal scorer, he's still good to have around the place. So he's, uh, I think he's got his part to play, but I would, as I say, I'd be looking for a main second striker to come in ahead of Defoe, and Defoe being the third choice one. Scott, do you think if we are going to be getting anybody from from Scotland for for a striking option, is there anybody better than we could get, in your opinion, than London Dykes? I like uh, Cosgrove, I think. I knew a... you were going to say that. I hate Cosgrove. <laughs> Sorry. He's, an, he's an arsehole, isn't he? But I think I'd quite like to be in, uh, in his team. I think he's a handful. He's obviously quite a natural finisher. Quite similar to Dykes, but I think there's something I like about him. Uh, so I would I would go for Cosgrove, I think. Too nice at times, especially with Defoe. Defoe would get snapped and probably shake the guy's hand off can send them flowers after it you know like <laughs> in case it's feeling bad but I want somebody to, somebody to be scared of stick a wee bit of an elbow in and I know I know he's he's been he said he could get sent off against us was it two seasons ago or this season Cosgrove against us yeah. but so, so he, he will he will fit in quite well probably well disappointed in the record <laughs> but um, I, 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 I'm not too First, I think that's the sort of striker Dykes or like a Cosgrove, as we mentioned, to fit in with the tactical. But you need to remember, was Defoe the second top goal scorer in Scotland? He, he was, aye. He was second top goal scorer in the league. And I get that probably sound a bit, I'm probably sounding a bit harsh here saying that he's done, but I just kind of shake the feeling that I, I think he goes, and a big part of it might be down to what Craig was saying, that we don't. We don't do him any favours. We don't adapt to help him. So I may be being a bit harsh here. So moving on into... 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The last couple of players that have joined the club over the last few weeks. So we have signed 16-year-old James Graham from Ross County and 16-year-old Charlie Lindsay from Glen Torrance. So I don't think any of the four of us are in the business of watching the Ross County under-18s. But So we'll all just be going on the reports that he's a big talent, he's looking bright for the future. Again, um, it's going to be one that we need to wait and see what happens in the next couple of years with both of these players because we never sign a youngster who the papers report as being a dud. You know, it's always very the next... Barry Ferguson or no remember John Fleck was the, the Scottish Wayne Rooney when he was 12 <laughs> it's, you know, so I think let's just wait and see and I think as fans in general the best thing we can do is just really take pressure off these guys and let them develop at the academy but the reason I mention them we've got a lot of academy players who we've hyped up quite a bit and we've not really seen any real end product from them in the last few years. Arguably, you could say Glenn Mid- Middleton made a bit of an impact, but his career fell off a cliff for some reason, and I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Craig, the likes of Kai Kennedy and Nathan Patterson, I'll mention them because they're the two prominent ones. What what should this season look like for them? Should they be in and around the first team? Should they be out in loan? What do the players need and what do we need from them? Our youth academy was a shambles for years. It's probably only really when Warburton came in that it started to get a bit of focus and then Craig Mulholland came in and he's done a lot of good work there. So it's good to say, finally start to see players that are coming through from it and the fact that we're out scouting these players now. So Graham and Lindsay, that's... That's attracting young top talent that we should be doing. Graham, I think, is from one of the islands. I think he's from Harris. So he's just like he used to get ferries to go and play football and stuff like that. So he's obviously going to have his head screwed on a committed guy that because it takes. See, getting up there, it's about seven hours by the time you get your ferry and stuff like that. It's you can a, only like, imagine how bad his accent is. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a, a good <laughs> islander accent. <laughs> um, speaking of accents, have you seen, heard Charlie Lindsay talk? No. It's, uh, it's well worth listening to. <laughs> a Belfast boy. It's well worth listening to his interviews. Um, there's a couple of them that you'll find. Uh, but he seems a really confident guy, so it's, it's good to see these young, talented players coming in. Uh, the ones we've got, Kennedy, I would actually like to see him in there in the first team. Um, like, if you think of Billy Gilmore, if he was still at Rangers, would we be talking about sending him out and loan to somebody? Or 
do you give him a chance the way Chelsea have? Ian, I think you were up at the Colts game in Inverness, weren't you? And Kennedy looked like the best player on the pitch to me, even of what I've seen. Well, I can't, Kennedy was an absolute standout, and that was that was a good Cali physical team. It wasn't like they had just stuck out their, their backup players. They had like eight out of ten, eight out of eleven, like were the the main first team players. It wasn't a, just an understrength team, but Kennedy absolutely stood out that day for me. I yeah, so I think it's worth giving him a, a chance. The other ones you mentioned, Nathan Patterson, you, you wonder what the situation with Polster is, because he's never really been given a chance. So if in the manager's head, Polster's second choice, it probably is worthwhile getting Patterson out in loan. Um, or if Polster might be going, um, then it'd be worth keeping Patterson around. Um, but he's definitely a talent. And Middleton, I, I think, should go out and loan again. Um, I actually quite like him, and we probably forget how young Middleton is. Um because he's been around for a wee while, but he's he's still a young boy. So I think if he get a decent loan move and got his confidence back, he could come back and make an impact. I think it's too early to be writing him off. So, you know, again, I'm probably being a bit harsh here as well, Scott. As as football fans in general and in, in the United Kingdom, are we maybe still somewhat adapt to the fact that footballers develop later and they have longer careers you know it used to be if a player hadn't broken in and started playing first team football by the time they were 19 they were written off but do we need to give the likes of Middleton more time aye aye and that's the, the whole point of loans isn't it get get some football under under their belt but the question I've really got is if you know would you rather would you how far down the pecking order would you like Kai Kennedy would you like him on the better like second choice and as a winger attacking with I know our system like behind the striker sort of position would you like would you like to bring in somebody they're all for a couple of million would you like to see see you know Kai Kennedy actually given a chance and I'm going to speak about it a ton here that's one of my big criticisms of Gerard. he makes his mind up very quickly and he's all almost very apprehensive to make any sort of changes I'd I don't see how Kai Kennedy gets uh, gets on the bench and comes on when we're one 0 down. Like that that's that's the kind of that's the kind of pressure we need to put these players under because I we want them to develop and uh, help them nurture their talent. But at the end of the day, the football players and we want them to come in and win games for the club. So being a man, being a bit harsher, like. I think we, we we have been reluctant to give the youth a chance, and I, do, I don't understand it because like we'll definitely have games where like at home against your St Mirren, your Ross Counties, your Hamiltons, we should have a couple of youth players on the bench because there have been certainly games when we're three four up after sixty minutes, and and that's the perfect time to get these guys on and give them half an hour. And if we do you know what, like, I've been watching the football today and there's nine subs. Allowed if we're, st- if we're if we're going to go with the five subs being allowed, which I don't know if we're going to take on that rule, but if that's the case, then subs we should have at least three youth players I reckon on the bench. No, absolutely, um, and I, I, I want to see more of that. Then again, like I, I need to, I need to say it has to be if they're good enough, if they're showing enough talent and training stuff because it's they shouldn't we shouldn't be putting players on the bench just for the sake of having youth players on. But if these guys are living up to what the 
what the club are saying about them, then they should be given a chance, I think. Uh, what, what's uh, what's the foe going to learn from being phoned up at St John? Like, you know, if you're phoned up at St Johnson at home, he's, fuck, he's 38 or something, he's not going to learn it in the last 30 minutes. Why not chuck on Kai Kennedy in that situation? Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean, Nathan Patterson? Like, <laughs> day, like, I think he's seen it all. He's beaten every situation possible in football, probably. So, especially when I know you're saying bring them on when we're getting beat to like try and yeah, help with the pressure but well not when I, when I say that I mean if if we are 1-0 down and we need a win away pace to change the game up you know just hypothetical scenario and we've got Kai Kennedy who's been doing a bit in training and stuff I've got the feeling that Gerard wouldn't put him on just because he's young uh, that's that's my feel with Gerard. They wouldn't take the gamble, and we've seen that time and time again. He, he wouldn't. There's been times where he's swapped to like for like. He's not changed stuff up. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully they do begin to get a chance. I think we've, we've maybe seen the the reluctance a wee bit with. Uh, so he, he kind of talks up Barjonas, but Barjonas has never. I don't remember Barjonas being in the first team squad like on a match day, really. Under Gerard, but he's, he's, he's but he bigs him up when he talks about him, and he's been out on loan a few times. And you think, well, Stephen Kelly as well. Like he's gone and had a really good season at Air, and and if guys are going to have good seasons out on loan, you would expect them to maybe be about the first team. But Kelly's already away out on loan at Ross County, so as as if if a guy like Kelly who's had a good season playing first team football for Air. If he can't get near the first team squad, is Kai Kennedy going to get there? I think, in, see, at a certain point, you need to give the youth players a chance because otherwise, what's the point in having an academy? Just get rid of that, and we can use that money to buy first team players if we're not going to give them a chance. So, mm. we, and obviously, I, I think that we should be investing in the, the youth setup, but we, we need to be, be giving them a game and bring them on, even if it is the first half of the season. If you're just giving Kennedy. 20 minutes here and there, but then hopefully as he starts to get more minutes and get more confidence, he can have a bigger impact later in the season. Sticking with Stephen Kelly, I think he's a really interesting one. He's So as well as being sent out to Ross County for a season-long loan from next season, he's also signed another three-year deal at the club. And So I, I, watched, uh, I, I watched how Stephen Kelly got on quite closely uh, last year. Uh, he had a fantastic season. He won Air United's Player of the Year, and I, I can't stress enough. I know his championship level. I know some of the teams are part time, but he was phenomenal at that level. Um, you know, so comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's. I'm not saying he's like. I'm not saying he's going to go and be the next Barry Ferguson, but he was like a young Barry Ferguson coming in. The for. For somebody so slight of frame, he's really aggressive, he's got a good engine on him, comfortable on the ball, good range of passing. I, I'm delighted to see the club give him a three-year deal. Craig, I know me, Ian mentioned there, if the likes of Stephen Kelly can't get in the team, there's no chance of the likes of Kai Kennedy getting in the team. But I think Kelly's a bit different. I think we know at Rangers, you need, you need mature players in the middle of the park were already top heavy in midfield, so I think this is the right move for him. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, Kelly's an interesting one. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, 
and I agree. I think a lone move for him is um, the right thing, especially when it's going to we've got hard hard games up at Ross County. They'll obviously probably be towards the bottom of the league, so they'll be struggling a bit. So they'll be looking for him to try and step up and keep that form going that he had last season. So as as a difficult one finding the balance between when should you give these young players a first team chance, when they sh- should they go out and loan that you hope as the people at the club that know the players and they're making those those right decisions. Do you think uh, Stephen Davis this this is his last year and there might be an opportunity for a like Ross McCrory uh, in this middle of the park? I would hope it's he won't be as heavily featured as he has been. Um I think we rely on him too much and at the age he's at, he's probably not that player anymore. So I, I don't think he needs to be playing every game anymore. Just the big games bring him in and you know what he's going to give you. If you think back to the win at Parkhead at the end of last year, he was phenomenal. He was, Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant. He was the main man, he controlled everything. But then after that, his form just fell off a cliff, which I think had a big part to do with the whole team's form going, because he's that important. So uh, the way it's, if he's going to play as a sitting midfielder... Uh, there's not announced a fat on him. He doesn't look any different than he did his first spell here. So I don't see any reason that he shouldn't play on for another couple of years, but just not as heavily featured as, as what he has been. Scott, you mentioned Ross McCrory there. And Ian, I'll come to you for your thoughts on it because I know um, I'm quite biased. I'm a massive fan of Ross McCrory. He's been back out and loan at Portsmouth. He's been extended to help them through the playoffs. Been a stop-start season for him through injury and suspension, but when he's been available to be selected, he's been either the first choice right back or moved into the the kind of holding midfield role for Portsmouth. When he's back, I'd want to see him in around the first team because I think he gives you an option that we we didn't have last year. I think I spoke about before. He's he's kind of the mold of Kevin Thompson. He's got that ability to play in the middle of the park and be able to mark two opposition players out of the game at the same time, albeit he's not as good on the ball as Kevin Thompson. So I know I'm, I'm a massive fan of McCrory. I'd love to see him in. What's your thoughts on where McCrory should go? Yeah, I'd, I'd keep him in and about the squad. I think you've said there he's been playing at right back and uh, as like a holding midfield for Portsmouth, but he also, when he broke through us, he was playing a bit of centre-half as well, wasn't he? So he's, he's got that kind of utility player uh, about him. Like you say, he's got that kind of Kevin Thompson mode, maybe, because as he was growing up, he was a centre-half. Um, he's, he's, he's very good defensively, so he's, he's not as good on the ball, but gives you that defensive solidness and, and gives you that bit of dig in midfield. Like, I'd, I'd fancy Ross McCrory in a 50-50 challenge with everybody in Scottish football. Absolutely, and I think, Craig, well, Craig, is it fair on Ross McCrory, though, at this point in his career? Because I don't think he's what we need every week. So, 21-year-old, he's not going to play every week, but do the club need to be a bit selfish here and keep him anyway? Because uh, we're saying there, so he has something a wee bit different. Uh, there's probably not any point of having him in the middle of the park when you're at home to Hamilton, but... There'll be a massive point in playing him when you're at Pataudry or Rugby Park. He's just a wee bit of steel that's something a bit different. I'm sure I mentioned that in previous podcasts that we've done about um, some of the away games, four different ones uh, that we were winning in the second half and either lost or drew in them. 
So that we could be grinding out those points if you had somebody like him on just to tighten things up for the last 20 minutes or so just to see the game out. Because um, that's the thing, you don't always, sometimes you just need to kill a game. You just need to get in front, grind it out and get the points. So he's definitely the sort of player that would, would help us do that. And I think this loan extension's probably worked out quite well for him. Uh, he he may even benefit from this pandemic. He he didn't have continuous game time just through injury and suspension at Portsmouth, but now he's got a chance to to finish off the the season with Portsmouth. By the time that's done, he'll come back in sharp to pre-season training and hopefully he'll have maybe a yard or two ahead of the rest of the players and hopefully the running game time helps him helps him stay stake a place in the team. Just on the team being back in pre-season, Scott, we're not back in full contact training yet, but we will be in the next couple of weeks. There's reports saying that it may be October or potentially later that fans will be back allowed into grounds. A lot, of, uh, the team brought a lot of criticism last year for basically being called shite bags at Ibrox, you know, not being able to handle the pressure. Do you think we can maybe get a bit of benefit here? I actually think that. If there's a few games, I think it's a tough place to play. And I think it's short, like the real, the real icons, you know, step up when the when the going gets tough. But you know, it's you know what it's like the crowd getting your back and people are maybe scared to take on a defender. You know, do a killer pass so. I think it could benefit us because there's no doubt in uh, especially our first 11s get quality and probably ma- well matches maybe even exceeds Celtics you know if you put them in paper so I think it I think it will be a po- as much as I'm desperate to get back to Ibrooks it could be a blessing in disguise of playing behind closed doors yeah and Ian like we've spoke a lot today about young players getting the chance do you find this will maybe maybe playing Gerard's mind that it's a better time to give Akai Kennedy a chance if we're playing in an empty stadium. Yeah, because it obviously, obviously takes the, the pressure that the crowd puts on them off their back a wee bit. Uh, I think if, you, if you've watched any of the, the English games, you, you've seen that the better team has generally, or what we'd consider the better team has generally won. And I think when you look at it, like the likes of like uh, Sheffield United. Who, who, who will get a big boost from their crowd when they're at home. Today, the Arsenal's just quality shone through that wee bit. So hopefully that'll be the case when it comes to us, that, that our players are better quality than than the rest of the league. So hopefully when there's no, no fans to influence the game, uh, that quality will shine through. So that's pretty much has covered all the football going-ons over the last few weeks. Craig, I'll ask you your thoughts on this last point. So the club held a, a press conference over Zoom uh, midweek and it generated a bit of, a bit of controversy because it didn't in, invite the Daily Record to this, but instead they invited Heart and Hand and Four Lads Had a Dream. It's no secret that the Daily Record and the likes of The Sun and even the BBC have been a bit playful on the truth when they report on Rangers. 
do we need do we need to applaud the club here for making that brave choice to do that? I think there's probably two points to make on that. One is, I think in general, no matter what's going on, it's right that the, the club are involved in fan engagement, um, getting fan media involved. I think it's pretty common in a lot of different countries. It's just not really here that it happens as much. And then the other side of it is the club need to stand up and make sure they're not getting bullied. So if people are saying stuff that's not true or inaccurate, then the club's quite right not to, to be inviting them in. Yeah, and uh, just for anybody from the club listening, if you would like to invite either of the four of us for an interview, especially <laughs> contact us on Twitter at the Downview One. Yeah, but in all seriousness, I'm, I was delighted to see that. Uh, I think, I think for too long we've let papers like the Daily Record and the Sun just do and say what they want, and fair, absolutely fair play to the club, and hopefully there's more of that going forward. So that'll that'll bring us to our close for today. Thank you for everybody that's listened this week. Keep an eye on Twitter, Acast, and Apple, as well as this show. We are we'll be bringing out the best eleven from Walter Smith's first spell in charge. That will drop within midweek, and we'll be back next week with any other going ons that's been been happening with Rangers. Last thing you do is thank my three co-hosts, Mr. Scott Hodge. Cheers, lads. Craig McAdam. Always a pleasure. And last but not least, Ian McCready. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Take care. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.